Welcome to Uniquely Small Biz, a podcast where small business owners share their unique stories to inspire our listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Uniquely Small Biz by Selective Insurance, a podcast for small business owners to share their inspiring stories. I'm Carolyn McArdle, and we are so excited to be bringing you another round of insightful conversations with small business owners who are as unique as their ventures. On today's episode, I'm speaking with owner and operator of George's Drains, George De Jesus. He is here today to speak with us about how he built his exciting small business, how he's changing the way people view trades, and some of the ways we can educate and inspire the next generation. So get ready for Uniquely Small Biz, brought to you by Selective Insurance. I know for the most part in audio podcasts, but I will tell people listening that behind George, there's a wall of what appears to be stickers. And you were telling me before we started the story of those stickers. So can you tell everybody what what the what the deal is? So on uh, on social media, which is uh, mainly Instagram, most of us all created like our own logos for uh, our page. The logos became stickers and then we started a sticker swap. So we basically trade stickers from Oh, I, mainly around the world. Like today, I shipped out stickers to Indonesia, Canada, a lot of UK stickers. They go everywhere. It doesn't really matter. Is there a plumber and they ask for stickers, they get sent out. It doesn't really matter where they go. And I get, and the same thing, I have stickers. I have half the bottom of the board behind me is still empty, which I, I got to fill more stickers. So there's some vendors up there, but majority behind me are, I would say about 95%, 95% are probably plumbers. It's like a brotherhood, right? That you guys are all, I mean, and I love that it's, not just you're in New Jersey. It's not just New Jersey. It's nationwide. It's worldwide that you're trading with Indonesia. I mean, that's fun. The biggest thing I did find is I know social media wasn't designed for us, um, especially Instagram wasn't designed for us. It was designed for the kids, but um, it really brought us together. A lot of the traders actually communicate now. They don't really fight with each other anymore. They actually will ask each other questions and help each other out. It's not what it used to be. It actually opened up that world for us where now we are more friendly to each other, where before no one will talk to each other. You know, it's really nice. On top of that, we learn different things. From, like, I'm in New Jersey. Things are done different in California. But now we get to see how it's done. That I would never have seen in my entire life until social media. Even on YouTube, I wouldn't look it up. But now if I have friends, some, a friend who's in California, I see his videos. I'm like, I never thought of doing that. And now I'm trying well, his way. And vice versa with me as well, you know. Isn't that neat that that has happened? You know, you referred to how it used to be when it was so competitive and you you wouldn't want to get to know your competitor because you want the business, right? You don't want them to have the business, but now they're almost like an ally to you. You guys are all in this together. Like I mentioned earlier, it's a, it's a brotherhood. Even locally by us, there is probably 10 plumbers I work with that I send work to, to and they send work back to me. Because we can't get to everything. There's just not enough of us. It's a good job. You know, we might have someone, a friend who might actually want it. It works both ways. They send work to me, I send work to them. And we're not really afraid of uh, the customer situation because there's plenty of customers, not enough of us. So it's not, it's not what it used to be. It's a good problem to have, isn't it? Yeah. I actually had a customer today. I charge her less than my normal service fee to do the job, but she was still in shock by the price. I'm like, that's less than my actual service fee. It was just the job was easy. So I just didn't charge you. But she was really, they understand that I did the job that fast and that's what it cost. I'm like, you, you have to understand that it's only going to get worse. Better for us, but worse for you because there's less of us. With the minimum wage going $15 an hour, now you see Amazon hiring 22, 23, 24 hours an hour for someone to drive a car. We're not going to get apprentices. 
why would they want to work for us? Unless they really, really want this trade, they're not going to try work for us because they're going to make more work in driving a truck. Yeah. So it, that's going to affect everything across the board where now we're going to have to charge more because we have to pay more. You know, can you imagine that? An 18-year-old kid that comes out of high school and wants to be a plumber, $1,000 a week, $52,000 a year to at least compete with Amazon. You know, it's crazy. But there is money to be made in this industry. As a plumber, if you do it the right way, you can be very successful. I mean, what tips would you give to that kid that's coming out of high school that has dreams of running his own business? If I want someone to work for me and I don't talk about the financial part, I want them to have the passion to do the job and understand what, what what's going to be for your life and for your family before they consider the money. It is a motivator, but you have to want to go to work every day. I love my job. I love getting up every day and going to work. If you don't have that, you're not going to be happy. You know, and that's more important to have someone that would be, wants to do this trade and wants to do this for the rest of their life. Because it's career. It's not just five years. I mean, I'm, I'm going on 28 years. I mean, I don't see myself not doing this. And I, I get up every morning and I love what I do. And that's the passion I want most kids to have. The nice thing about the social media part is that I think kids are starting to see that there's a spot for them in the trades. So you've been doing this 28 years. How long have you owned your own business? First time or second time? <laughs> ah, there's a story. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah there's, a story, there's a story there. That that was what delayed my second time starting a business. I started my company in August during COVID. I quit my job. I quit a $109,000 plumbing job to start my own business. Just wasn't happy. Wasn't happy going to work every day. I was not wanting to be there. Not a place I wanted to be anymore. I've always been the kind of person where I give 110%. And uh, sometimes you just don't have it. Some, there could be one time you're burnt out for like a month. Just you, you do so hard and all of a sudden you don't want to do it anymore. So you still go to work and do the job, but they still expect that same percentage. They still expect that same George. They still expect that. And you're not there. So my wife decided that um, after we went to one of the trade shows and she talked to a lot of other plumbers that have their own businesses and they, were, they started telling her and mentioning to her that technically, you know, I should have my own business. I have a license. I'm a waste of talent. I should have my own business. So of course that was in my head a little bit. Didn't really want to do it. Was 100% set for it. But uh things change with the business, with the company I work for. So it kind of just pushed me into it. And I'm happy now. What are you happiest about as a business owner? What has been the biggest surprise or benefit that you have realized after leaving and starting your own company? So I expected to be one, two calls a day. And I said, oh, I could survive with that. That'd be fine. I did nine calls today. Wow. On average, I do about 100 calls, 140 calls a month. Oh, my goodness. And that I didn't expect. The volume is crazy. I do turn work away. I can't get to every call. Some calls do get mad at me, but I just can't get to, I just It's just not possible sometimes. That surprised me the most is the volume of calls that come in. And the loyalty I'm getting from customers, which is unbelievable. Customers actually refer me. Facebook's been really huge for me with the, the groups. I get a lot of calls from there from referrals. I am a licensed plumber, but that's not my market. I don't market that. I market more of the drain cleaning and the camera inspection part of the, of the trade that no one wants to do. So I like that part of it. Plus, um, no one wants to do it. <laughs> so I kind of like that a little better. I think that would be a very interesting part of your job because, boy, you never know what you're going to find in those drains. <laughs> nope. And I camera everything. So um, it, it really protects me as much as it shows the customer that I did a good job. So what kind of tools are you using? You mentioned cameras. Like what innovative tools or technology are you using? The past couple of years, what's changed is cable and kitchen lines. The kitchen lines is probably the easiest way to do it. Years ago, I mean, what, what's been done for kitchen lines is either you jet the line, forget all the grease out, or you put a cable down, which basically follows the hole and makes just another hole. The past three years, technology has changed where now we can run what's called chain flails. The chains go in the line. They actually clean the walls of the pipe as it goes in with minimal mess. And it makes the line, I'll say about 90% back to life again. And it removes all the grease in the line and, and problems go away for customers. 
that's one of the biggest things that changed probably you know, the past three, four years. That's pretty incredible because to me, that says that you clean that line so well that that customer might not need you out there again right away because you've done your job, right? So I don't know the plumbing world, but is that ever a concern for you? I mean, obviously you've got more calls than you can handle, but do you ever worry like, hey, I've cleaned this drain so well to the point this person may never even call me again because they won't need me. I mean, does that happen or is that is that just like being a good person? For that drain, maybe not, but they'll call me for other things. But I, a customer that I, I enjoy, I talk to because I, I kind of clicked with, I let them know I'm a plumber and I, I'm, I'm capable of doing other things for them. The trust is there now. I explain to them every single time I do, I like kitchen, kitchen sink lines the most because most people know that the most. When I'm done cleaning their kitchen sink line, the most comment I get every single time from everybody, it's never drained that way before. Really? Because I basically opened the line back up again. And I explained to that, there's a difference between drain clearing and drain cleaning. You know, there is a big difference. Drain clearing is like a Band-Aid that eventually is going to give. That's what most guys do. They just throw a cable machine down, they clear the line, and they leave. Or they throw a camera down and try to sell, sell something else. I try to sell what's necessary. I don't try to oversell. So when I throw a camera down, it's more because there's something wrong and I want to know why. That same idea with the chains, they go bigger. So I can do um, main lines. So um, I can actually throw my camera down along with the chains and remove roots while I'm watching myself remove roots. So I can actually remove that problem and the customer can watch it. Technology has changed at that part of it for us, which is really, and it's safer. Probably a lot more accurate too than you kind of just feeling down there. I hope I got it. We'll see. Call me if there's a problem. Now you know because that camera. Yep. Yeah. Most guys have cameras, but I would say not as many as should, but which is fine. It's an expensive investment. This is why you had nine calls today though, because you're a good guy. You're on honest work. Five were drains. <laughs> Five were drains. And George's drains. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. So it's funny though. My uh, insurance agent, when I started my company, says, you're a licensed plumber. Why are you doing drains? I'm like, because no one wants to do it. <laughs> Great market for it though. You find that hole where nobody's doing the work. I don't mind it. I don't really get that dirty. I'm pretty cautious. So I know kind of how to avoid getting really dirty. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's unavoidable, but my, about 90% of the time, I'm not, really, I'm not really filthy. Boy, bonus. You just keep winning. <laughs> what would you say makes your business in particular, George's Drains, unique? Why do you stand out? The drain part, it really is. It's like it's kind of like a slight little niche market no one wants to do. You know, and I like that. Especially nowadays, you know, you have to find that path and you just need to go that, that direction. That's it. I might venture off a little while to do other things once in a while, but I always go back to drain work. It's just why it's what I like. Occasionally I put a faucet in, you know, or I might do a bathroom renovation, but usually not happy doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do it, but I don't want to. Somebody else can do that. I'll pass that one off. I'll get to my buddies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I got a good one for you. It's always because I forget why I don't want to do it. And then I take the job and my phone rings like five, six times. and I can't get to the calls and I'm stuck here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to answer that question, what I like about my job by far is the excitement of helping someone when they, they're in a pinch and they might have a call that I was maybe the fifth guy there and I, I found a problem and fixed it. You know, I like that part. That's my favorite. They remember that I took care of it. And I'm, now I'm the guy they're going to refer to everybody. So and I like that. You're the hero. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Do you walk into a job and it's you're fired up because it's almost like a, a game for you where you walk in thinking, OK, what's it going to be? I got this call. You're driving over. It's in your head. You're trying to figure it out. You get there. Let's go. I do that driving down neighborhoods when I'm going to that job. If I'm going to a specific neighborhoods. I drive down the neighborhood and the first thing I'm looking for, if it's a sewer backup, I look for clean outs on the curb. Cookie cutter houses, it's going to be the same spot every house. It might be buried, but it's going to be the same spot. So I, I look I look for stuff like that. And um, 
walk into houses and uh, hopefully it's something I can fix really quickly. I try to find out why I caused it. I ask a lot of questions. I had a heating call about a month ago. Lady had some work done to the boiler ever since the work was done in the boiler, which she didn't tell me till later on. I, I kind of pulled it out of her. When the heat turned off, the whole house banked. The original company was out there like five or six times, all different guys. No one could figure it out. So I'm talking to her and asking her, we go upstairs, we turn the heat on. It wouldn't do it when I'm there, by the way. It wouldn't do it. So it, we couldn't figure out what it was. And let me ask you, what's it mean when you say the whole house banked? Most homes are hydronic heating, hot water baseboard. So they have what's called a zone valve. So when a zone valve shuts fast, it basically stops the water and causes water hammer. And with the copper piping, it, it echoes throughout the whole house. So at 2 o'clock in the morning, she hears that at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like someone's banging on the pipes in the basement. Talking to her and actually just, like I said, like I said, spend the time talking, going through the house, turning everything on, figuring out what it was, realized that the two valves they replaced, the company that put it in, that didn't think about looking at is what the problem was. Oh, wow. And uh, that's what it was. I, fi- I fixed the problem and, it's, and it went away. But it took a lot of asking questions, a lot of figuring out and pulling out of her that they changed the valves. And then I went right to the valves and, and then that's what it was. But it wasn't as simple as just... I try, I try to ask questions. It might not be the right answer I want to get, but it, it might eventually help me or click as I'm walking around like, ah, oh, that's what they said. You know, it might, it might not be at that point, but I, I might walk away someplace else and realize that's what it was. And that's fun. It's solving a mystery. Yes, those are fun. Oh, my God. Every day, multiple times a day. Oh, my God. Looking <laughs> for leaks in houses are fun. Said you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a thermal image camera, so it helps. Everybody needs a George. I need a George <laughs> in my life. Jeez. What a score to have you as a friend, right? Or just to have you, you know, on speed dial. All my friends are usually in the trades or do the same thing I do or a carpenter, but aren't much work with their hands. It's funny because you seem to be so meant to do what you're doing for a living. This trade for you is such a good fit. But how did you get into this? Were you always good with your hands? Did you always? Yes, I was horrible at school. I was horrible. I still to this day, if I, I can read a book like 10 times, it, still won't, it, won't, it won't stick. I'll fall asleep, get bored. It won't work for me. Put something in my hands to put together with, with a picture. I'll do that in a heartbeat. No problem at all. And I'll figure it out. And I've always been better at my hands. My dad was a carpenter. He basically was a GC and he used to do a lot of renovations. My mom worked days. He worked nights. So when we were off of school, instead of daycare or my grandparents, we all went to work with them. So we all played working in the house. And uh, that kind of got me an idea of what I like doing. There's sometimes he did some plum, minor plumbing in the houses and then, I enjoyed it. As I got older, I, it didn't really click too much more until I got to like high school and, you know, and trying to find a path. It was computers or plumbing. I think I told this a bunch of times, but um, one of the, the landlords we did a lot of work for told me that computers can always be outsourced. Plumbers will never be outsourced. You'll never not have a job. And to this day, I still remember that. I still don't, I've never not had a job. I've had a lot of jobs, but I've never left there not having a job. I left that job starting a job the next day, every single time. And it was never an issue finding a job. You know, so and it's still so it's still true to this day. You know, you can if you're a decent plumber, you're not you know, you're not gonna have a problem finding a job anywhere. I think trade work is so important too. you know, not just plumbing, anything like your dad was a carpenter. I mean, there are a lot of people that I feel like sometimes look down on trades like that wouldn't be a good job. You're going to be scraping to get by. It's a lot of physical labor. Well, OK, so it is physical. But as we talked about sort of in the beginning of this. If you're good at it and you do it the right way, you can be incredibly, incredibly successful no matter what the trade is. I think most of us as a, as a whole, like social media, are trying to change that whole perception for, for just trades, not just plumbing, just all the trades that it really is fun. I think a lot of videos we post, people see that we enjoy what we do. I think it has helped people step up their game to do nicer work. 
it kind of opened up to the people that the trades is a, another option. You know, it's a big option across the board. We're all hurting for, for manpower. Like I said earlier, I mean, that's why our prices are going to go up. Because if we're going to get anybody, we're either going to steal them for more money or the person's going to want more money to come work for us. It's going to affect the end user. It's going to affect the homeowner, you know, because not enough of us. Really, it's, I mean, all the trades are great. I mean, you, you can pick any trade from roofing to everything. It's, you, you would always have a job. Always. That's so comforting to hear from somebody who works in that industry, who works in a trade. It's very rare that somebody would feel that way. I'm always going to have work if I do this. That's such a scary leap because you kind of go into it saying, well, I hope George was right. Here we go. I'm leaving my career. I'm going to go be a plumber for a living. And they'll probably find out you were right. And I'm so glad you're saying this because there could be people listening that are wanting to change their career, that are wanting to start their own businesses, that are afraid to take the leap. So to hear it from somebody who's done it and who's doing it is great. I mean, I quit my job and started during COVID, right? Smack in the middle of it and went on my own with no customers. I mean, I started marketing a little before that because I kind of started planning it, but I really had nothing. I literally started my business with nothing in the bank, just with my last paycheck and ran ran with it. It's really definitely been, uh, I actually just bought my first new truck. It should be here hopefully next week. You know, I ordered in September. It's been definitely a whirlwind. It's it's fun. I mean, I, I enjoy every single day. There's things that make it easier, like going full digital. There's no paperwork. I can come home at night. I have no paperwork, nothing. So I can spend time with the family. I don't have to go chase billing. I don't have to chase estimates. It's all done at the day before I leave the customers' houses. So I'm not spending that time away from the family. If I'm upstairs, I'm watching TV with my wife. That's the ideal. Oh, back to technology. It makes life a lot easier for us. You know, just got to learn to use it. I still have friends who do paper invoices. The accountant must hate them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine it? Tax time? Here's a whole box. Here's a whole month. Yeah. You know, my accountant's like, sales tax? Boop. Send it. I, send, I just literally just send it to her. That's yeah. it. And it's done. Your social media, by the way, I know we've touched on social media a couple of times today. Your social media is good. I was on your Instagram page specifically, and you have great videos. You have people engaging. And what I also noticed about your social media that I really like is, again, back to the brotherhood. You actually tag other businesses, vendors. You're really good about that. And I think that says a lot about you. A lot of people will be afraid to tag the competition or tag other people. And I really like that you do that. It's a, Your Instagram's great. It really helps too. Because like if I post a, a tool I use, simple. If I don't tag where, where you know what? People don't read it anyway. <laughs> Not they don't read what I put up top anyway, but some people do. It prevents me having to type in every single comment where it came from. You know, it makes a big difference, but it really does help. I mean, it shows a vendor that we have a tool that we use that we actually like it and hopefully people actually buy from them, you know, and we love, you know, we love our tools. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, you do. You know, I got a big truck. I got a 14 foot box truck full of tools. I'll bet. <laughs> what do you hope that people take away from your social media? Most of us that we hang out and talk to each other a lot, we try to step up our game every single day. We try to find, you know, like right now I'm, I'm bending my pipes for my jobs to make it, everything look cleaner and nicer. We try to do stuff like that to step up our game and try to um, make it look nicer and always make it, as we call it, post-worthy. Everything has to be post-worthy, every job. Hopefully people follow that path and just like, you know, every job has to be to the point where you want to be proud of it and post it. You want to love doing your job, but you want to be proud of it as well. And every job I do, I, I really, I mean, especially when I do boilers, I love doing my boilers. I love doing the piping. Everything has to be perfect. If not, I won't, I won't, I won't post it. I got sucked into a video of you snaking a toilet. <laughs> doing something with a toilet with a machine i couldn't stop watching and i'm like carolyn you need to do the interview just sitting here watching this machine in a toilet and i'm going wow this is actually really interesting 
you know, in a, in a good way. I was, I, I'm telling you, I was literally sucked into this video. But we also use the social media to show what we do. Like I said earlier that I've learned from guys in other, other states and other countries how they do stuff. So people actually take it from me and actually try what I do. And I, people have, you know, and they, they, let, they let me know whether it was good or bad, whether they liked it and what they didn't like about it. And they tried it. And that I enjoy because I mean, it's like, it's just like you're a teacher, which, which is pretty cool. And we share what we do. I was going to say, it's like you're teaching them. Yeah, that's cool. And again, I mean, uh, I've learned a lot from other people too. I mean, I've picked up a lot that I've changed from just other posts and people gave me ideas. I'm like, you know, I'm going to try that. And I still do it that way. It just take it. I take the same thing, you know? I like that because it's a lot of people, their answer when I ask like, how do you use social media? What are you trying to get out of it? Would be, well, we want to market ourselves and get more customers. And that's totally an acceptable answer. But I also like that you use it to learn from other people and to expand your network to help people. So it's funny. My social media page is not linked to my company at all. What do you mean? I don't get calls from me. It's nothing to do with my company. That social media page is only basically. So basically my followers on my social media page are basically plumbers and tradespeople, not homeowners. Oh, whoa, really? I would say about, I would say most of them are just in the trades or trying to learn from what I do. They're not, they're not homeowners. I might have a couple homeowners that might follow me, but it's not. It's all tradespeople. That makes sense based on your content on your page. It would be, and it would also be kind of funny if a plumber left my house and they're like, by the way, follow me on Instagram at George's Drains. (laughs) So I, I get that. I get that. But it, I could also absolutely see how useful that is for people in your industry learning from each other. I like that. That's a, that's cool. I do want to shift over to get my other page working a little better for my business. That's a different process to make it work. It's not as easy as um, to make it, you make your phone ring from now. It's not as easy as, as my social media page, my personal one, but um, I'm learning. I'm trying to get that one to work. You're doing great. You're yeah, doing so great. What's, you. what's next you know. for you aside from, you know, a, a page for customers? What, what, what's next for your company? I mean, is there a next you're doing so great and you're turning people away. I kind of, um, Thought about hiring another guy and putting a truck on the road. You know, I'm still kind of on the fence. The workload can handle it. I'm just afraid of someone not being able to do the same quality work I do or care about like I do. And you don't know that. You, you, they, they might work perfect with you when you're in the house and when you're together with them. Once you leave, they won't tighten that one fitting. They won't do that. And you won't know for like six months till it floods the house because they just didn't go back and check. I could leave a customer's house, drive down the road and think, did I check that valve? I'll turn back around. I would literally turn back around and go to the customer and let them know, look, I need to make sure that everything's tight. If I didn't check it five or six times before I leave, I will come back and check because I can't. It'll be in my head. I would drive me nuts. I won't sleep. Some employees won't do that. They'll just, okay, done. I'm going home and not care. So that's my only fear of, um, which is going to have to happen. It's just the natural what's going to happen. I mean, the company's going to grow no matter how I look at it. And, you know, if I want to or not, it's either I lose all my customers because I can't keep them all with the volume I have or I grow the company. I never thought about that, though. It is such an extension of your reputation. You've worked so hard to build the reputation that you have. So the last thing you want is to take one hit by having somebody that goes out and is really fun. You know, if you let's say go to dinner and do this interview or whatever, and you guys vibe and then they go in and do this job and don't tighten a valve or whatever. And with reviews. Oh, my God. It just takes one review. That's it. That's all it takes. And it could be for anything. Can look the customer the wrong way and they, they'll just give you four stars or three stars because oh you're not perfect that's tough as well too you know boy i'm excited for you to order that next truck though i feel like it's coming you might want to order now based on how hard it is to get trucks i don't know <laughs> this, this truck just cost me because i had a i bought during covid it's almost basically half what i paid for my house <laughs> yeah not surprised at all well i'm happy for you that life is working as it should for you you've taken some risks they're paying off 
your business is growing, you've got repeat business, you're tight with your brothers who are, you know, also working in the same field. I mean, it's good stuff. Oh, we talk, most of us talk almost probably every single day, almost all the time, which is fun. Mm. We bounce ideas off each other all the time. Yeah. You know, that's nothing too. We have a resource for each other. So aside from your sort of day-to-day work, George, we understand you spend a lot of time giving back to the community. You got a lot of pride in promoting skilled trades. So can you share a little bit of your work promoting trades in your community? So the last project I'm working with, which actually um, I'm going to go back tomorrow to finish, get ready for inspection. The local high school by us, they actually have a trades program. So they have all the senior kids building a modular on the property that's going to be moved into the same town for a family in that town. And it's, it's a partner with Habitat for Humanity. So the house is literally being built by 17, 18 year olds. Oh, wow. I was approached to do the plumbing on the, on the project midsummer last year. Because I used to work for Habitat. I worked for Habitat for a while during the, during the bad time of the economy. Um, I think it was like 09. So I worked for Habitat for a couple of years. So I had I already had knowledge working with volunteers. And I have patients working with volunteers. So they asked me. And I said, no problem, I'll do it. Back in December, we actually had, um, I think, 17 teenagers doing the plumbing in the house. The top part of the house. So we can get ready for inspection. It was fun. Um, I would honestly say probably like 10 of those kids probably going to go into the trades. But they actually want to be in the trades. They're there to actually learn the trades. And it was it was a fun day. It was a stressful day, but a fun day. Because actually, the kids, you could see in their eyes, they actually enjoyed it. I'm going to go back tomorrow because I have to, we're going to try to get the house ready for inspection so they can go to the next step and move the house to a property so they can finish all the rest of the plumbing once the house is set. How does that feel to know that these kids are looking up to you and you're sort of a role model or a mentor to these kids? I hope that's what they feel. You know, it's hard, it's hard to tell that way, but I mean, I'm hoping that at least some of the kids feel that the trades is the right choice for them. That's more important and they at least hopefully want to do and pursue working with their hands. And some of the kids that were there, you could see it, that they really enjoyed working with tools. You know, even, even if they don't, at least they uh, pick up some skills when they're homeowners. They can actually work in their own house and maybe try, not be afraid to try something before they call somebody. Makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what my biggest, what my biggest call is? What? A leaking toilet. Changing a flapper in the toilet is probably my biggest call. That's like the simplest thing. Okay, before you even say it, George, I'm going to tell you that if I have a toilet leak, I'm freaking out. I don't know how to check a flapper, change a flapper, whatever you just said. I don't know how to do that. So I should do a video about that. <laughs> no, but you should. And I would watch your flapper video because I'm telling you that I know you're laughing because it's probably you could probably do it with your eyes closed. It probably take you 30 seconds to change it. But for a homeowner, actually, if you looked at my feed, I did do my eyes closed. I did um like three years ago at PHCC in uh, New Jersey. There was a competition. They had two toilets side by side. You had to take all the guts from one toilet blindfolded. And assemble it in the other toilet. I did it under, uh, the first one I think it was 59 seconds. Pulled one apart and put in the other one blindfolded. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This is why you turn certain calls away. You're like, I don't need those flapper calls. I'm good. I want to snake a drain. <laughs> yeah, I usually do that when I'm there. Usually I check water, te- I test people's houses when I'm there, especially if I have time. But no, working with the high school kids was fun. They're actually doing all of it. They're actually sheetrocking, insulating everything, which is pretty cool. That's so cool. I mean, the sense of pride those kids will have when they can drive by and be like, I did that. They built that house. Oh, like we do when we drive past, when we drive past the house. Like we did, I worked there. <laughs> Hopefully they're going to have that same feeling until I walk past, drive past that house. I, I have a couple of um, other influencers that work with us that are friends with that hopefully going to help me when we move the house to actually do other mechanicals so I can work with the kids doing plumbing and he can have a group doing the boiler and some, some heating in the house so it can kind of split it up a little bit. That's awesome. It'll make it a little easier instead of me by myself. I can have a couple more bodies. You've just got to feel great at the end of the day after that. 
That's fantastic. I can't wait for the ribbon ceremony. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> that is going to be bring your Kleenex. Did you watch that video on American Plumbing Stories? No, but I was going to ask you how that came to be. Is that on YouTube only or can you see that elsewhere? YouTube only. Yeah. Okay. So how did that come to be? We know you're awesome, but there's got to be a story about how you connected with them. And I think baby out to me. We already set a date for December to do a project. And then right after that, the high school reached out to me to do the plumbing for them. Right after that, which is the weirdest thing, Craig Morgan is the host of the show. The teacher is a fan of Craig Morgan, so he found American Plumbing Stories. So he reached out to them, and then they realized that the same plumbers work for the high school and for them. The dates seemed to work out perfect, and we just did it all. They did a day following me and a day working at the high school with the kids. That is fantastic. You're like a celebrity plumber. Yeah. yeah. That is very yeah, cool. No. Good. Hey, good things come to good people. I mean, that's, that's a true statement. What you put out, you get back. I love what I do. You're doing all right. It was nice talking to you today. Thanks for being no. on with us. No, thank you. It was, this was fun. Now, joining us to talk about some of the considerations behind building a small business in the contracting space from an insurance perspective is contracting segment manager at Selective Insurance, Teresa Cates. So tell me, Teresa, what are the unique insurance needs of contractors versus retail or even a professional office setting? They've got to be different. Yes, they definitely are. A lot of our trade contractors are working for general contractors, and those general contractors will have some contractual obligations that they will have to uphold. Usually that's in the form of holding a general contractor harmless in the event of a claim. So our trade contractors have to have the proper coverage to satisfy these contract agreements that they are being asked to sign. So it's like a specific coverage based on what they do. For example, with George and his company, he's doing plumbing. So is there, forgive me because I don't know the industry, but is there like plumbing specific insurance coverage that George would need to have? Uh, not necessarily for general liability is what George would definitely need to have. So if he plums a home and I and listening to his podcast, he actually did a lot of drain clearing. So if something happens in the process of clearing a drain and he, for example, were to flood a home or to flood a large building, he would be responsible for the property damage from that. And a lot of times they may bring suit against the general contractor. And at that time, the general contractor will probably try to push that claim back down to George. So having the obligation to hold that general contractor harmless and being able to satisfy those contract requirements is very important for George so he can get jobs for those general contractors. You know, Teresa, Selective obviously has a deep understanding and an extreme expertise when it comes to contractors. But if you could give one piece of advice to a small business in the contracting space, what would that piece of advice be? I would say not to shop for the lowest price coverage, because a lot of times, you know, when they say you get what you pay for, that's very common in the insurance business. And what I've seen, especially new trade contractors starting out on their own, they want to be able to afford the coverage as they look for the least expensive. And a lot of times what they find is they end up getting coverages that are lacking in protection. And the best example I can I can give is, you know, the exclusions out there for subcontractors. So in the case of George, if he bought a policy that excluded subcontractors 
and subcontractors did some jobs for him, he would have no coverage. So I say to always work with a company like Selective and an agent that represents Selective that we're gonna offer you the broadest coverage. That is such a great piece of advice because you think about somebody who is starting a business like George's, a plumbing company, and all it takes is one mistake without having coverage that covers you for that little mistake that could wipe out your entire, you know, you're just starting, you're just trying, and it could just be that one thing. It's not worth it. Yeah, I agree. He, George, uses some really innovative technologies to run his business. And I'm sure you have seen all kinds of things like drones and thermal imaging cameras. And I mean, what are some of the other things that that you guys have seen from an insurance perspective? Oh, yes. And we're starting to see more and more of that as technology improves. The latest one I saw was the robotic bricklayer. Uh, which could lay bricks, you know, several thousand times quicker than a a regular bricklayer. There's also a robot out, I think it's called Spot, that can roam the job site and check on safety. It uh, sends back camera images back to the the contractor, let them know how, how safe everybody's working. So there's a lot of fun technology out there. That's crazy. I mean, you hate to see people lose jobs, first of all, because those robots are obviously replacing human beings. But when you're talking efficiency, how much quicker and probably more accurate are these these robots that we're seeing? So it's pretty incredible. With George, you know, in an industry like he's in, social media, that presence probably isn't as common, right? But George does a really good job with social media. What are some other simple ways that contractors can get started with marketing? You join in trade groups. That's very, very popular. You know, the biggest, I guess, hurdle is creating your brand and creating your reputation. And so being part of those trade groups lends a lot of credibility to someone starting out in the business. And I like the social media, especially if you're able to talk about some of your customer feedback. Because again, building that reputation and as you get really good feedback from your customers, that tends to grow your business. I know myself, when I'm looking for a trade contractor, I may go on a a trade group like Angie's List or, or something similar and look and see what the feedback is. So I think that's another popular way to improve your marketing. I also like when I see that the contractor or the employee, whoever it is, responds to the uh, the people that are writing to their potential clients or their customers. I always think that's a really nice touch. And it says a lot about that person that you're looking to hire. Yes, I think that's important. You know, another part of that is staying in close contact or in touch with your clients, constantly being in touch with them and being responsive as well. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, it's really common in the contracting trade for business owners like George. They often have an apprentice. Are there any specific insurance implications that contractors specifically should consider when they take someone on in that capacity? And I love to see that because we have a shortage of labor in the construction business. And I think if you can get someone in an apprentice role, what I like about it is you can train them the way they need to be trained. But I think it's also important, though, to make sure that they're trained properly and have a formal safety training program. And uh, even as, if you're a small contractor, you could still work with companies like Selective and our safety management department to help them craft those formal safety programs, because that's so important that they're trained properly. And uh, one of the best examples I see is uh, in the form of 
uh, contractors that need drivers and they don't have the proper CDL license. We also have a shortage of CDL drivers out there. And I say not to cut corners if you need a CDL driver to make sure that you train and hire the appropriate CDL driver. Yeah, that's a really good point because you're trying to cut corners. Maybe you've got a friend who could just do the driving for you or whatever the case may be, and they're not properly licensed. And then that could be a whole can of worms you weren't planning on. Yes. And the most recent in the news, not so long ago, there was an 18 year old driver that had a fatality and he was driving a big rig and he obviously it's 18 years old did not have the proper license so that's the most important part is the appropriate training for the client or for excuse me for their employee all right very eye-opening thank you so much teresa cates for being with us today we appreciate it oh, you are welcome Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Uniquely Small Biz with George of George's Drains and Selective's Teresa Cates. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review in the podcast store and tune in next month for more inspiring stories from real small business owners. I'm Carolyn McCardle, and this has been Uniquely Small Biz from Selective Insurance.